Welcome to the Classroom Brew Podcast. Think about comedians in cars getting coffee, but the teacher version with beer. Classroom Brew is associated with hashtag TeacherPods. Make sure you check out other great indie and teacher podcasts around the world today. Welcome back to Classroom Brew. This is episode 60. If you haven't already, please make sure you rate and review whatever app you're listening to. This week, for episode 60, I've got a newcomer to the show, Stu, or Stu Sauce. So Stu is in a band. I'm going to save most of that for the conversation. So this week is a nice little conversation between two teachers, different parts of the country, chatting over a couple of beers. Enjoy. How you doing, man? I'm awesome. How are you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. So, hey, I was actually, I was on social media, um, and somebody uh, on a certain handle, we'll talk about that in a second, uh, he was saying I should give you a call and uh, hear about, you know, your life as a teacher and also as a band member. So what's, what exactly is the name of your band? Our band is called Exotic Yayo. Exotic Yayo. I like that, man. <laughs> so what kind of music do you guys put out there? We, uh, we put out something we... Uh, like to call analog dance music. It's like retro, funky, dancey, and jammy. It's like fish had a baby with like the red hot chili peppers. <laughs> okay. I like that. That's a good good little combo there. All right. So Stu, if you guys uh, haven't checked him out on social media, he likes to go by Stu Sauce as part of his band. And I actually uh, was approached by someone that was running the Instagram account for uh, his band. And so Stu, you also are a teacher as well, which is why it's a great connection to Classroom Brew. Uh, what uh, what grade level or subject do you teach? This year I'm teaching 10th grade. Uh, I teach English. Last year I was a 6th and 7th grade teacher. Those kids were really, really smart. These kids are a little tougher to work with, but that's that's the life sometimes. Sure, sure. So what led to the, uh, the switch from grade level? Budget cut. I was cut from budget uh, and then I got moved to, uh, or displaced or whatever it's called, to uh, sure. this other school. Okay. And so this is in... Uh, I'm in the state of Florida. I'm in Broward ah, County. Close. And it's okay. okay. It's all the Atlantic area. I know we're like sure. a time zone difference. So I've been drinking since uh, the roosters <laughs> have been crowing in your neck of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was like, something doesn't quite seem right. He's he's thinking it's 145. I'm like, what? It's only 1245. And I was like, oh, time zone, time zone difference. That's definitely what it was. But Which is funny too, because um, a buddy of mine, Brian, he's also got a podcast and he's out in California. So we, we, I'm usually used to that, but for some reason, I guess I just forgot that time zones could be a thing this one time. But cool, man. So uh, what are some things that like, have you ever like found a way, because you said right now you're teaching 10th grade, right? For English? Yeah. So do you have some ways of, as someone that's part of a band, do you have ways of like implementing music as like a lesson plan or getting kids involved or even just a club, anything like that? I've tried. Uh, my school is very structured, but there's less autonomy. And so where I'm at right now, it's a little tougher. So I don't have that flexibility. Um, and as a new teacher, I don't even want to put all that much time into that since I've got <laughs> so much time to lesson plan a new subject sure. and things. Right, right. So what uh, what year in teaching are you in right now? Am I set? This is, I made a, a whole year as of October 9th. So this is my second year teaching. But okay. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> sure. Right on. Right on. Yeah, I'm in the second year, too. Nice, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago area. So they haven't had any any big uh, displacements or anything like that. But at one point, we were worried that our school would be closed. But turns out we're, we're good to go. 
Oh, wow. What grade level is your school, man? Like in our school, like in our area, they give us different grades of our school. Like some schools are A grade and B grade. And like, I'm, I think I'm at like a, a B or a C grade school or something in between. And they have different tier levels. And so I think like, depending on what mm-hmm. tier level, they kind of close them down and things or however that works. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. Uh, we, we use a little bit of a different system. It's more of, uh, now the, the phrase is actually escaping my mind right now. Um, I think we're about middle of the road right now because we were a little bit lower. I can't think of if it's either, I think it's tier one, two, and three. We have tier. I think we, we've recently like gone up. Um, so a little different than, you know, the A, B and C method that a lot of, I think a lot of West coast schools use that. I'm not entirely sure though, but yeah, we're, we're trying to kind of turn it around, I guess, but things are going okay. We'll see. I feel you. (laughs) So it's a struggle, right? It's a struggle. So uh, when you're talking about your students, so I'm 100% there with you. The first year, especially for you, it's like a second first year because you're, you're doing another grade level. It's a whole other world. But have you kind of had a way to engage your students with your band? Um, I For a while, I was trying to elude that that our sticker was up on one of the walls, which it was, it was on my degree in the room. And I, I had some kids looking all over the room and at all the text on the walls to find my band name. And some kids thought my band was called <laughs> simile or metaphor <laughs> or hyperbole <laughs> or what they call yeah. hyperbole. Um, <laughs> yeah, and- yeah, there you go. Is your band name room 207? Like- it's 934, which is the, <laughs> the area code to, what's it called in New York? Um, where white chicks was shot. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, That's for a real, little tidbit real. there. <laughs> That's awesome, though. So just out of curiosity, your buddy was saying, hey, you should you should have him on the show. Uh, how did you hear about Classroom Brew? Was Did he just say, hey, you should check it out? Did you stumble upon it? Uh, what kind of yeah, brought so you my, to us? Our bass player, Rod, uh, and sometimes myself will be on the website. So like I'll do a lot more video content, but he's checking a lot of the messages and he said, Hey man, there's this group called classroom brew. Cause we follow you. And I'm assuming like it was just, just all the, a lot of ad, like just adding all these different people. And <laughs> sure. when he saw it, he was like, Hey, these people are looking for a teacher. I put your name out there. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. There you go. And th- then I saw it at one point. I was like, oh, this is neat. I'll just get back in touch with you. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Social media is such a weird thing too. Like you, you mentioned like the mass adding. My buddy Brian and I, we, we've both got podcasts and we do a lot of a lot of work together. We've been talking about how like you'll get someone that like they like four pictures in a row, they follow you, and then like a week later you look and they've already unfollowed you. So it's like this whole other world, man. I don't even know. It's a very fickle world, man. <laughs> For sure, for sure. So uh, in terms of like being in a band, because like me personally, I was starting this podcast because sometimes it's nice just to have like an adult interaction throughout the day or throughout the week. You know what I mean? Fully, fully understand that. I'm on an island. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. But how has the band kind of helped you? Because like I, I just recently, I was listening to the Lazy Teacher podcast, which is my buddy Brian. And he had someone on, this awesome guest that was talking about, you have to have some sort of an escape. What does your escape kind of look like with your band while you're also trying to lesson plan every single day and keep up with the crazy world of teaching? The band is the escape. The, that it's, it's a whole nother experience. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's very ineffable trying to separate the workday because I'm sure everybody, even inside and outside of the teaching world, is trying to separate themselves from the monotony of the day-to-day struggle. 
And so being on that stage, even for the three hours or so many minutes, because sometimes we play 15 minute shows like for our first year. And then now that we're in our third year together, which is more time than I've had teaching, (laughs) I've noticed that the, um, trying to bring that sense of escapism to people is a very amazing experience reaffirming and reassuring that the ability to to have more adult interactions and just being pulled away from what's really dragging us down sometimes is mm-hmm. is nice. Um, yeah. When we play the BB&T Center, we're pulling people away from two really intense experiences, and that's like a spot where the Panthers play. And so when we play Panther games, the uh, to pull people from remembering that they're at a Panther game to pushing them back into the Panther game, it's like <laughs> it's almost sure. this meta, like giving people a meta opportunity to escape. And it yeah. gives us this, this opportunity to escape at the same time. And so it's uh, it's keeping me sane. That is for certain. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. So you, you're playing some pretty big stadiums, man. If you're playing where the, the Florida Panthers are playing, and like that's insane. Like You're doing some serious gigs. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I, it's it's a lot of fun. It's 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 like a struggle, man. I'm sure, like when it's it's like getting this podcast off the ground. I'm sure, like because I'm you're 60 episodes in, so you've had a lot of different guests. You've you've done a lot of different things, and the next step will probably be like video podcasts, where people all over the world get to not only hear you, but they get to see you like live yeah. action and whoever's on the show. And yeah, exactly, exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great segue too. I was just about to say we we've done a few video highlight clips, but the idea is to hopefully through like Patreon, something like that. Uh and for you listening, you can go to patreon.com slash classroom brew. Uh but the hope is that we can do like full length episodes. So like upgrading a little bit of the technology. But yeah, like you said, like you've clearly elevated it from like I'm I'm just doing a podcast right now, but you're playing like these huge gigs and elevating it, interacting on social media. That right there is like a second or third job in itself. But how long have you guys been together, like as a band? And like, how long has this really, this journey uh, taken you guys so far? Halloween is going to make our third year together. All right. Um, when we first started, our goal was to, um, to to play music festivals, to to get bigger gigs, to play places like that. And it's just trying to meet all these goals. And it is a second job. It's it's another 40 hours, really. Yeah. We're turning 40-hour work weeks into 80-hour work weeks. But as an entrepreneur like yourself, that's, that's just what we have to do. It's a lot of marketing. It's a lot of getting in touch with people. It's a lot of emailing. Um, like I'm sure we tell our students why writing is so important. This is it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, that's awesome, though. Like, and did you meet these guys because they were your buddies, or were they also teachers? Like, how did you guys get to know each other? That's that's actually a, a really funny story, which is... <laughs> I um, love funny we, stories. <laughs> we all met on the uh, the black, deep webs of Craigslist, and okay. we uh, when we met, we didn't harvest each other's parts for uh, for food or anything. <laughs> sure, you weren't sure, am I going to get murdered, or am I going to start a successful band and we'll play at the Panthers, <laughs> the Panthers Stadium? I love it. That's awesome, yeah. though. So you, you met on Craigslist, and then uh, how'd things get going? We auditioned to, uh, as a three-piece band, we auditioned each other to this song called Canned Heat by Jamiroquai. That's the song in uh, in Napoleon Dynamite, where the dude is dancing. I don't know if you've seen Napoleon uh, Dynamite. Oh, it's been a long time. I just know it had no plot. How, how's it go, though? Oh, man, I can't even sing it. I know they're at Halloween right now, and I'm really <laughs> devastated that I'm missing them. Um, it escapes me. Oh, man. I, I can I've pull it up. See, 
Here's what I can do in post-production. I can just put it in the background as we're trying to struggle to figure out what the song is, and then it'll be playing, and we'll go from there. Okay, so you're playing you're playing that song to each other to see if you guys could kind of mesh, or you just wanted to get a good feel for each other's sound, or how'd that well, really go? What we did was we told this drummer who we also met on Craigslist. So the bassist and I met on Craigslist. We started a little band that didn't go anywhere because our drummer had a kid and our singer wasn't given it, and we were just like, darn. So we kept at it, and we found this other drummer, and we were like, hey, if you can play Canned Heat by Jamiroquai, we will audition you to that song and a song that we wrote together. Excuse me. Again, I've been drinking since the roosters woke up in your neck of the woods, man. Um, <laughs> hey, you're on the right show for that. That's the perfect <laughs> that's the perfect combo. <laughs> we um we told him, Hey, we're gonna audition you to this song and when we played it, Jamiroquai is this five six piece band. They're huge. They got so many parts. And for us to like get the feel down and to have that to have that it, it just sounded right. Hmm. It was almost, it was almost the "this is it" moment, and we kept at it. We we went to different shows, like we played this festival over in Tampa, and we we almost like got robbed from that show. And we went through a lot of different things before to through with each other. So I'm glad everything's been sticking out for three years. It's crazy what bands go through. I'm like, as this is like my like the biggest band I've been in for a while. So for it to keep making the momentum and for there to be tribes and tribulations, like there are a whole man, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so how many, how many bands have you been in so far? This is my second, my third band altogether in high school. Okay. I played in a band at, for our buddy's graduation. His name was Benny. He's now a, a scientist, like a chemist or something. Okay. Okay. How long did that band last in high school? That was, that was a year. Oh, Me and the drummer good. played for a long time after that. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, then uh, I played in a college band called Stew Sauce and the Cinestics. <laughs> I love it. And we we fronted that. That had a lot of comedy music and everything. And okay, definitely fit the college scene. Yeah, yeah. What What do you mean by like comedy music? I, I kind of have an idea, but like, give me an example of like a topic of a song or something like that. Like some of our songs were about like. Um, like girls, like this girl who cheated on me. And then we had songs about like this concept called eating my brain with God, which is about like very Nietzsche esque, like opiate of the masses kind of thing. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of getting a vibe for it. There you go. Yeah. yeah that's where we introduced disco zombies, which is a song, uh, exotic. Yeo plays a lot. Okay. Now, can we check out the music for any of these these former bands that you have? Is that on like YouTube or anything like that? Yeah, there's a song on uh, YouTube called The Stoner Song, which okay. is uh, from Stu Sauce and the Cinestics. And then all the exotic Yayo stuff is mostly up. We even put out this new song called Slide to the Left, which is hopefully going to be like the cha-cha slide of tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. We can only Just hope, fingers crossed, not to sound yeah. arrogant. <laughs> Hey man, you gotta have you gotta have some confidence in your work. I love it. I love it. Well, cool. So right now, so you're you're in Atlanta. You've got this band thing going on. What are some of the struggles that you've kind of encountered? Because I don't know enough about. I said Atlanta again, didn't I? About the, the Florida school system. Okay, Miami yeah. specifically. What are some of the things like you're encountering, or like maybe like right now we're having an issue with technology, and it's something that I talked about in episode fifty nine. We're about to go one to one. Which is a really big problem because we have this policy about phones, for example, where if we see them, they are taken for the day. Yet, 
we're about to get one-to-one tablets for every single kid. So, like, is there any, like, big problem that you find yourself kind of grappling with in, in Florida? You get to take your phones away when you're in your state? We don't well, get to do that. It's kind of tricky because we are technically going to be liable for it. So it's like you kind of play it, you know, tongue in cheek to make sure it's not a problem. Because in a perfect world, you'd like to be able to use technology rather than just saying, no, 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 put it away, put it away, put it away. But we've also got like, this is going to sound really bad. Uh, So like, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Love the kids I teach. But they just don't have the maturity to handle use of technology and learning. That sounds normal to me. How old are the kids you teach? So right now I've got mostly uh, 10th graders, sophomores, just like yourself. Um, but there's kind of a, an issue with our culture and climate where, like, I'm not kidding. Like, if we get 75 to 80% attendance for the day, that's a great day, which is super low. And the, the really big issue is that our attendance is linked to our budget. So if we have poor attendance, they lose money. In other words... People that really have all the power becomes the students like, oh, you need us so that you guys can get money for the budget. And it becomes this vicious cycle of kids don't come and then the school loses money and then education starts to suffer and then they don't come and then it keeps going and going and going. Okay. So let's see with technology. When it comes to technology, I'm noticing that even in my class, most of the technology is broken. A lot of it doesn't work, and we only have one tech guy. And so our one tech guy can't handle all, like, 300 teachers' computers if every teacher is supposed to have a computer card or something. Um, With the the use of technology, like phones, I I recently used technology in the classroom because I told all the kids that they were going to get zeros if they didn't finish it. And that's kind of what I've been doing. Even the technology like Khan Academy, which we're being forced to use in an English class, which is ridiculous, um, is is something that I even have to plug in zeros until all the kids send me stuff. And I'm, I'm seeing that students aren't holding themselves accountable, period. Whether it's just with technology, like their cell phones or, or technology in general, they're not holding themselves accountable and they don't want to put in the work. I'm really glad that they're quizleting all the uh, novel study that they have to do, which I'm not allowed to teach because it's not in the IFC. <laughs> oh, God. So you have a mandated curriculum and it's Khan Academy? Khan Academy is mandated and so is collections. And recently, funny story. Oh, man. We recently read this flag-burning story from the collections book. It talks about First Amendment rights. And now we got in our emails because everything is sent by email from some of the head people. (laughs) Right. No one one talks face-to-face nowadays. Of course, man. I think everybody's scared. We're all wearing (laughs) BTU shirts or union shirts or something. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this cat's like, yo, you cannot put any posters up in the hallway. You cannot put any posters up in your room. But we need this print-rich curriculum, man. We need to have these in the classroom. But we're being told we shouldn't. Oh, man. It's it's hilarious. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, we ran into that issue. You mentioned uh, you can't print any, like you're talking posters and stuff like that. Yeah. We ran into an issue where we have a new business manager and he, he's he's awesome, but we ran into our first problem because we don't have any books. Like we have like some novels here or there, so English is set. But the problem is our English department loves to, they'll set 60 copies of like 50 page books and then they'll just leave the room. So if it jams, someone else has to fix it. If it runs out of paper, someone else has to put it in there. And we were just recently told, because me and a math teacher 
or a math teacher and I, sorry, English teacher, don't want to. That's cool, man. I'm not working right now. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Off the clock. Uh, But we go into the copy room because I think we each had to make like 10 copies of like a two page thing max, just like real quick. And there's no paper. And we're like, all right, well, let's, you know, have someone get radioed, get the paper in here. And uh, we radio someone like, hey, we need some paper. Can you send some up? And they go, "Uh, we were told you guys are cut off from paper. Excuse me? Yeah, the business manager is saying uh, you're going through too much paper, so you can't have any more. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, this isn't even, it's the English department causing all this, and they've got Chromebook carts for God's sake, yet they're still printing off like 60 pages. So now we're in this real struggle, and I'm pretty good about, you know, saving paper. I'll do station activities so I don't have to print off a document for every single kid. But now they're like refusing to get paper for us because we're already over budget. But there's nothing else for us to use. We don't even have like a mandated curriculum. And it's just been the ultimate struggle. Are you a math teacher? Uh, No, I'm social studies. Sorry, I forgot to mention that 100%. And we're already like 20 minutes in. No, you're cool, man. I'm glad I'm finding out now. I felt really bad not asking and not knowing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I guess once you get get carried away with what you're talking about, you start to to let those things kind of slide. I do that all the time too, though. But there's even, you ever have that one kid that has poor attendance and you're by like, the third month of school, you're like, shit, what's their name? And you like try to take a guess. Or uh, my trick is I'll be like, hey, so how do I pronounce your last name? Because someone someone mispronounced it. And I wasn't sure if I was right. And then they tell you and you're like, nice. I got away with this one. It's perfect. I call people by the wrong kid's name all the time. And then the wrong <laughs> kid finds out that that kid exists in the classroom. And that's that's always a beautiful experience. That's a teachable moment. <laughs> like, who the, who's this person? Oh, we don't even look the same. Yeah, you're right. You're just, you're just a couple of these people that I see in my classroom. They're most. <laughs> it, it's it's funky, man. Our demographics are a third, a third, a third. So it's really nice. Okay. So it, I, okay. I don't know what the demographic in Chicago is like, man. Oh um, man, we're talking like you know ninety five. And then another five, not very diverse, but, you know, it's, it's interesting for me as, you know, the outsider to the South side of Chicago that there was recently, there was this issue. Um, I think I talked about it in 59 as well, where we were talking about paying kids for attendance and paying them for behavior. And, uh, when I, when I brought it up to the administration, like, is this really a precedent that we want to set? Is the reward schedule even going to be effective? If they know it comes every single month, are they just going to behave, you know, towards day 26, 27, 28, 29, or whatever, how many days are in a month. And then the rest of the month, they're just going to be a complete asshole. And so when I brought this up, like, hey, maybe let's try an intermittent reward schedule so they don't know when it's coming. And then, like, if you really have to pay kids for this, let's make it random, you know, so that it's not like, oh, I just want that money. They don't know when it's coming. And then eventually you pull the reward away. And I brought this up and I basically got called out for being like some pompous asshole just because I'm pointing out like a, an ideological flaw in this idea, you know? I, I agree with you, man. Like, you know what? If that was the way it was, everybody would be teachers because we, we right. already know when we're getting paid, whether we're like doing the curriculum or not. Like I had an autonomous curriculum last year and everybody passed with the 65% pass rate. And this year everything's so structured and I, I don't even have the answer key to half of the crap that we're getting, man. And so everybody's going to pass. <laughs> yeah. Now you mentioned you've got like 300 teachers in the building. Are most of those teachers following whatever mandated curriculum their subject area has? 
honestly, I'm not too sure. I think there's a lot more autonomy for those who know their contract better than others. And depending mm-hmm. on who the AP is or who, who everybody's superior is also plays a role. Like my superior is a pompous jerk sometimes and is making everything like super mandated and structured. And as somebody who has no mold that to follow, it's really, really hard to find myself meeting all the crap that I want them to meet. So recently, like the lottery is not the lottery by Shirley Jackson dope ass story is not in our curriculum. And my big F you to this person was doing the lottery with as many classes as I could finish it with, which was just one, one class was smart enough to make it through the whole seven page story and play beach ball, like understanding of whatever the, the text was. It's like a test, but with a beach ball. Interesting. Yeah. And that was like the coolest lesson I got to do all year. And it'll probably be my last one. But I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm a little jealous of you, dude. You get your own, uh, your own curriculum to make, man. It's, it's well, and especially cause I'm in year two right now. So now I, I don't have to worry about coming up with stuff from scratch. I can just modify or throw something out. It makes life a lot easier, but dude, play with vocabulary. Vocabulary is the shit, dude. Yeah. It's, can I say that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been saying like F this, F that, like <laughs> you're good. Explicit podcasts yeah. are good. Vocabulary is the fucking bone, bro. You're going to eat the shit out of it. Like it were Vicodin and Skittles. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'll have to, we're trying to, we're just focused on literacy. Cause like our average reading level. And again, we're in a high school. We're talking summer, first grade, second grade, third grade, like our reading levels. Oh yeah. It's terrible. Like maybe middle school if we're talking about an honors class or even an AP class. So I yeah, do me too. So yeah. anytime you can focus on literacy, that's, that's really my jam. So yeah. I'm just making these kids read dude as much as possible. Dude, you, if you make them read in the classroom, that's, that's the best because that's probably the only place they're going to get to read. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. And if you even, especially with, you know, the struggling culture and climate of education in my, my building, you know, anytime it's like more than like one paragraph or if it's like you have to write more than like two words, it's like, oh my God, why do we always do work in here? And it's just like this eternal struggle of, oh, your teacher's making you do work? Oh man, what an asshole. Like, like what? oh my God, what'd you expect, man? But that's just kind of, it goes with the territory, I guess. Teenage yeah, man, we're, we're the fucking bad guy, bro. It's like, <laughs> oh shit, we want to make you like, I don't know, hireable by people. We want you to right. use a professional edgy, like, professional vernacular places oh right. shit forgive me like shame on me for you're actually karen i actually pointed that out to a kid like he's like why are you always on my case and i'm like dude if i didn't care i wouldn't say shit to you i mean granted i'm paraphrasing right now but it's crazy how there's just there's no recognition of you know that investment from a teacher i know i think it's because they don't see that at home as much like like you said you're in the south side of chicago being in parts of broward county where i'm at a lot of these kids aren't seeing how education and economics are playing a role coincisively there's a big parallel and it's because when if their parents and not everybody's i've got kids who have parents who are doctors and shit mm-hmm. but like the kids who are like who are homeless or who are in homes and they're bouncing around or who've lost parents they're not necessarily seeing how the um, education of their parent who might not have that education is going to give them a great economical advantage because right. maybe their parents aren't that economically advantageous they don't have that and if you don't see it you're not exposed to it you're not going to make it happen and these kids are just afraid of the unknown just like uh, all the conservatives before Obama was in, like the extremely conservative who didn't believe in the black president idea, like which was a thing. 
not saying that it was everybody. It was just the extreme. And I, I see it every single day. It's not just a correlation. There's definitely a causation between parent buy-in, parent history, and like the way the household is structured that lets kids actually do well. I, I think I actually just, I saw a stat, it was on our failure report, and it had this link for uh, kids that had, like their parents had like an email, like set up to contact them or a phone number. And I'm not kidding. It said 1.1% because we have such poor parent parental involvement. Now they'll they'll answer the phone sometimes if they have a line that's still hooked up and the bill was paid, but there's, there's such low buy-in, which is crazy. Like we're a small school. We only have about 300 kids in the building. That's you know, beautiful. Staff members. Oh, it's, it's great. Well, in, in theory, sometimes it, it has its negatives, of course, but you know, we have all these kids, but report card pickup, maybe six parents will come and I've got about 150 of those 300 kids. Wait. So it's oh, yeah, because you probably teach like six or seven classes. Did you take the extra class? Uh, I've just got five. Yeah, I've got three three units of U.S. history. I've got one unit of uh, it's this experiential learning class okay. uh, where we go on field trips and like work on like these core values. And then the last one is my AP psych class. So I've got uh, and some of those classes are bigger than others, of course, but I've just got the five. So it's about 150 kids total. Yeah, I'm sure your psych class is huge, man. That sounds like an extra an extracurricular or something. Is that what those are called? Yeah, I mean, our, our principal wanted to offer uh, an AP in social studies. It's actually a much smaller class because you would think that that would be something that would be appealing for kids. That's kind of why we went with, you know, AP psych instead of AP U.S. history because, you know, one sounds a lot more engaging than the other. But because of you know, the stringent requirements and the curriculum that you basically have to follow to make it to the test in time. A lot of these kids are turned off by the reading. Like, oh, we have to read five pages tonight? Nah, I'm out. Just because there's there's no buy-in to academics. Some of these kids don't have college aspirations, which is fine. But the class, honestly, I'll be upfront, it's got less than 15 kids in it, which is insane. And you get to keep that class? Yeah, I think the biggest reason, because that was my fear too, is like, is this enough kids to like let this class keep going? But because they want an AP, because it helps the school's you know performance rating, they're keeping it on right now. You're a lucky man, bro. You're a lucky man. <laughs> my my smallest class is 23 kids because two of the kids don't come and they haven't taken them off my roster. <laughs> it's such a change of pace because like I've got I've got a class of 34, 32, I've got a 27 and a 25. And Isn't then, social studies like one of those classes you need like only 25 kids though because like I feel like there's a breach right now in contract with you man. If 35 kids our union rep would be like up their ass, dude. Like I think our number's uh, 34, so I don't go. Uh, the closest I get is 32, so it's it's not too bad. But yeah, it's it's pretty pretty damn close to the line right there. Every single seat's accounted. Shit, for. man! So that 15 person class, that's like your your study hall might as well. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's the last <laughs> class of the day. It's these you know the higher performing kids that want to take an AP class. So it's it's like my nice little decompress. <laughs> after after a long day yeah, those are the kids that want to learn man i, I have only right. one class like that that's my fifth block i like those kids a lot <laughs> yeah yeah there's a nice causation there uh correlation and causation there with the kids that uh are high performing and then you know i want to push the boundaries so that's always that's always good welcome back to the oh, shit! moment segment in this segment, this is where a teacher really got into a moment where they just thought, oh, shit. is there like oh, a moment shit. that, like an oh shit moment, a moment where you were like, oh my God, what do I, how do I handle this? Or like a crazy story, uh, something that stands out to you in your first two years? My first two years, let's see, one oh shit story. Most recently, 
I had the um, this one kid act a total fool, man, and I had to kick him out of class. And he, trying to get him to this other teacher's classroom, he bangs on her door like he were the fucking police. And I'm like, no, you're not going there anymore. And I sent him to this my English coach because none of the what are they called security people came to my room after I called like three times. I was like, yo, I need somebody here. I need somebody here. Nobody came. And my, our literacy coach, thank God she was in that room because everybody's been placed in classrooms, even our coaches. They, uh, this lady calls the co- uh, the security person via her cell phone because they have each other's number. They've been in the game longer than myself. And someone comes up and scoops this little asshole up. And that's been my oh shit moment of the year. And ever since they pulled my six block class away, and now I have like like six classes, including my study hall now, hmm. that wow. makes everything easier. They gave me seven classes before where I only had one oh planning hour. That was my oh shit moment for like the majority of my year. I was <laughs> ready to quit. I almost, if you asked me five weeks from now to be on your show before they pulled this class away, I don't think I would have been a teacher and met your qualifications. Yeah, that's why I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize you could go over like in Illinois, the, the max is five unless they pay you extra. Are, are you getting extra they, for, for doing six, seven? Yes, you do. Okay. You get $6,000 a year extra for it, which is $300 every two weeks. And it is not worth the stress. It makes people go crazy. So like if you took eight classes, which is the full load and no planning hour, that's twelve grand in your pocket for the year, which oh, is beautiful. But oh man, dude, is that stressful? It make you not want to sleep at night. Yeah. Make you want to find another gig. Yeah, happiness versus income is definitely a struggle for sure. All right, well, Stu, uh, I want to be respectful of your time, but it's been awesome talking to you, man. It's always good when you can have a nice uh, adult conversation over uh, a couple of beers, especially around teaching. But where can where can fans or listeners where can they check out your band? Everybody can find our band on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. Our handle is at x o t i c y e y o exotic yayo. So Facebook.com slash Exotic Yayo, YouTube slash Exotic Yayo, Instagram Exotic Yayo, X-O-T-I-C-Y-E-Y-O. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put that in the description if you guys want to be able to have a a clickable link, but definitely check out Stu's band. You're not going to regret it. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening this week. Uh, Make sure to check us out at classroombrew at gmail.com. Shoot us an email at classroombrew on your favorite social media. We're featured pretty much anywhere you can listen to your favorite podcasts. Make sure you check out the Lazy Teacher podcast, Too Much Scrolling, which is my buddy Steve. And then, of course, Keep It Lit and The Teacher's Lounge with Mrs. G. You can check out all those podcasts on hashtag Teacher Pods, where you can listen to other great indie and teacher podcasts around the world. So until next week with episode 61, Stu, would you like to do the honors? Class dismissed. Classroom Brew can be found on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and any other place you listen to your favorite podcasts. Your song. Mm-hmm.